Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi. Welcome to Remote Controlled, Variety's TV podcast. I'm Deborah Birnbaum. Every week, we'll bring you conversations with some of the best and brightest in television, working behind and in front of the camera. On today's episode, we're talking about Better Call Saul with series creators Vince Gilligan and Peter Gold. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Deborah Birnbaum. It's my pleasure to welcome Vince Gilligan and Peter Gold, the executive producers of Better Call Saul. Hey, how you doing, Deborah? Hi, I'm, Deborah. Hey, guys. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having us. We appreciate it. We love coming to your uh, variety tower. Yes. Thank right you. next to the Tesla dealership. I want to get a Tesla. We're going to buy matching Teslas. On That's the way it. Out. That's <laughs> no, we're not, actually. But What color do you want? Puce. There you go. The color of racing. I don't know. What is Pews? Is it green? Well, Jimmy McGill does need a new car. Uh, yes, he. that is true. Uh, unfortunately, we couldn't get him a Tesla because the whole show takes place in, what are we up to, 2003? 2003, point? yes. But, you know, he could be a forward thinker. Yeah, uh, he could get the first one. He could be beta testing. I know in season two it looked like we'd gotten rid of the uh, the esteem. And it was one of the happiest moments of the show so far when I realized that we could bring the esteem back at the end of the season. We'd have to get a Tesla, but the, the, the rear uh, passenger door would have to be a uh, uh, rust red primer. You know, yeah. you're going to see that soon. You're going to see Teslas that are held together. You know, eventually, you know, you'll see a Tesla. They all look beautiful and pristine now. But, you know, five, ten years from now, you'll see them with, uh, with duct tape on them and, yeah. you know, uh, broken, broken taillights and, and just, just a mess like cars should be. I guess that's true. Yeah. It's only a matter of time. Yeah. Well, maybe that's what Gene is driving in whatever future version. Could be. I don't know. He, well, it looks like how good it is in the snow. Yeah, yeah right. no, that's true. His mm-hmm. life is not looking. Uh, he doesn't look like uh, his life is that is that good at the point that we're seeing him at. No. Not so much. That yeah, would yeah. stand out in his apartment, his apartment building. I think if he had a, a Tesla. Yeah. yeah, it might give yeah. him away a little yeah. much. Could but be. we we have seen more of you know Gene than we expected to see. Are we going to see more of Gene in the future? I, I would you say that's safe to say? I I I love Gene. I'm fascinated by Gene. I love Bob as Gene. So I'm personally I want to see more. And usually usually those things seem to work out. I mean we have a we have no plans, but I think there's a really good chance you're going to be seeing a lot more of Gene. It the best way to put it would be it it, it as just speaking as a fan uh, of the show myself, I, I it would be a shame not to see more of that storyline that that black and white storyline uh in omaha i'd i'd be i'd it'd be a shame not to to know what happens next there it, you know. it's a different kind of challenge wouldn't it it would be a different kind of challenge because we don't have a marker about where it goes i mean it's everything we've done on uh Better Call Saul has always been yeah, it's a it's a prequel and so we're yeah. we're building up to things that that we know 
from Breaking Bad, and this this would be virgin virgin snow. It really would be different. Yeah, we all we we are always limbed in by by uh, events that will happen. We know necessarily must happen in the future. And yeah, having having that virgin snow, so so to speak, yeah, that would be that would be fun. That would be neat. A good challenge. It was fun to just see that little glimpse of Saul Goodman come out in him. Yeah, right. At uh, when he is a get a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun at the beginning of this new season. Yeah, that was a fun. That was a fun one to. I got. To, I was lucky enough to get to direct that one. That was a fun one to direct. I just hope he's okay. You know, given what he that he passed out at the end of that little sequence. I think he's dead. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, I don't believe you for a second. Yeah, he's I don't see him breathing. <laughs> I think he's dead. That's a twist. Walter White's alive and Gene is dead. That's <laughs> yeah. just a big switcheroo. Yes, we've just blown your minds. Breaking news here on my podcast. They're, they're going to zip him up in the body bag, and then uh, his head's going to come off. You're going to realize he's a robot. I like it. That's why. That's why Chuck had such a problem with him. Yeah. He was. A, he was a robot. <laughs> a robot time. the whole time. He's full of electricity. This is such an informative interview we're getting here. That's <laughs> great. We've got off the deep end. Nobody's listening to this point anymore. <laughs> no, there you go. We've lost one. Let's bring it back. Let's talk about season three as compared to the first and second season. It feels like you guys have sort of settled into the storytelling. How much are you enjoying this version of Jimmy McGill as we're seeing him now? You know, it, yeah, I'll stop the joking. It, uh, I, the show gets more and more interesting, and I'm as as you wrote about as you wrote of uh, in, in Variety. I'm a little less involved than in previous seasons, and ironically, the bitter irony for me is this is far and away the best season yet. I am I am loving season three and what uh, and and what uh, Peter and the writers are doing so much this season, and but to me it gets. It gets more fascinating with every passing season, but it gets more bittersweet. And not even talking about what I was just not 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 it on a different for a different reason, not not for what I just mentioned, but for the different reason that the other reason that that the more uh, the show, the longer the show is on the air, the the more the story progresses, the closer to becoming Saul Goodman, uh, Jimmy McGill. You know, finds himself becoming closer and closer to becoming this character that I don't like nearly as much. I like Jimmy McGill. I didn't know how much. Would you agree? I didn't know how much I'd like this guy. Yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy has a heart, and he's. It's. He's sometimes Jimmy is. He's very open-hearted, I, and you're going to see more of that this season. There's. There's. Uh, this guy has. Uh, he can be hurt, and he gets hurt over and over again. And there's something about him. Uh, I, I really root for Jimmy. Yeah, uh, even too. though I know he's going to be he's going to be Saul, and especially there's a, there's an upcoming episode uh, where uh, Jimmy Jimmy's kind of bereft. That I find one of the most just for my personal taste is one of the most touching scenes we've ever done. It's it's in a weird it's 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 strangely simple, but it's it's uh, it really gets to me. And I find that this the show the longer we're on. The, the deeper the characters uh, get, for me anyway, and the deeper they get in, into me. And it's, it makes, like, like Vince says, it makes it very bittersweet to know that we're obligated to go in this, in this, yeah. in this kind of dark direction. It, it makes me think, I, I understand why, something I've noticed when I was, before I really got into tel- series television, was that you'd see a show that ran for a long time, and you'd see, and you know, I love MASH. MASH is one of my all-time favorites. But you would see that 
all the characters would get softened. They'd become more likable and yeah, more more lovable sure. as the seasons went on. And I can understand that because you start to love the characters. You start to love the actors, frankly, who are playing the characters. And that leaks into the show. And maybe the great thing about the restrictions that we have, uh, the upside of the fact that this is a prequel, is that uh, it keeps us um, from from being too soft on the characters. Yeah. Uh, I remember that was one thing that we were so worried about, uh, especially George Masters and I were both, well, George more than anybody, was worried on Breaking Bad that we were getting uh, too kind to Jesse. Huh. He was, he, he, George, George, and, and he, we would <laughs> he always... He had his ass kicked every third yes, episode. He did, he did. But he had <laughs> his retrospect. In retrospect, no, but there was a time towards the middle because in the writer's room we loved the character so much and he is he is uh he has an innocence to him a weird way a little bit like jimmy in a certain weird i don't know i've never made that comparison mentally before but there is a way in which uh the way aaron played jesse he could always be hurt yeah uh Mm -hmm. and the way bob plays uh jimmy he can always be hurt saul goodman is much harder to hurt and 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 we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. I don't know. This is just a tangled word salad. I just no, I, I, no, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, how much of that surprised you in the writing as you went into this third season? Because it feels like you're definitely getting closer to that Saul Goodman world. As of the taping, yeah. we've now seen that first glimpse of Saul Goodman. Though it's a very different Saul Goodman. Yeah, we saw right. Saul Goodman as an ad man rather than that's Saul right. Goodman as a lawyer. I love that. I love the ending of that episode six just aired last night as we record this. I love that ending. Um, I think the big surprise came for me, not, not this season. I mean, I'm I'm loving every bit about this, but the the, the big surprise came to me came for me uh, midway through season one, maybe toward the end of it. I we really felt Peter and I, as I recall, we felt uh, a uh, nervousness, an anxiety about not bringing Saul Goodman in sooner. We felt like, frankly, felt like it was the very title of the show was a bit of a bait and switch. Better call Saul, and the first season goes by and there's no Saul Goodman. Second season goes by and there's no Saul Goodman. You know, that's, that's like a classic bait and switch. People, I, I was thinking people are going to get angry about this. Who's this guy who doesn't have the the mullet and who doesn't have the styrofoam Romanesque columns and who doesn't have the Constitution on the wall of his office. Get to the good, get to the fun guy. You know, get, When's Godot going to show up? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is that? I'm waiting for him. <laughs> and and I, 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 I'm not overstating that, am I? We were nervous about the, the, the first version of this. Uh, we started season one. We thought he might show up midway through season one. We thought that that was the fun of the show. I mean, that's this, it's interesting because I think we both thought that the fun of the show was going to be Saul Goodman scheming and tangling with Mike. And I do think that that's fun or will be fun or could be fun. But we didn't, I don't think we understood, we don't, we, I don't think we understood uh, the characters yeah. the, way, the way we came to, especially in season one. And how much we would love Jimmy McGill yeah. and how, in fact, the story we were telling was a tragedy. We did mm-hmm. not, I don't think, I think it's very safe to say, we didn't recognize that this was a tragedy. It had such tragic uh, undertones to it. This, this good man becomes a bad man. By the way, where have you heard that before? You know, <laughs> uh, you know with Breaking a- Bad, obviously Walter White is a good guy becomes a bad guy. Although... What I didn't realize, I, I think I can speak for you on this as well, right? We, what we didn't realize uh, until later, because Peter was obviously there for every, every minute of Breaking Bad, and uh, I don't think we realized in that case how 
the way I see it in hindsight, Walter White really was not necessarily that great a guy ever. He was just too scared to be his true self for the first 50 years of his life. But I think Jimmy McGill's a little different. I think Jimmy does have a good heart, does have a, uh, a conscience, does want the best for, for the people that he loves, and, and goes about uh, arranging for, for, for that in, the, in, a, in a kind of a crooked but lovable way. But then at a certain point, he's going to calcify into this Saul Goodman character, and it's going to be a tragedy when that happens. It's, it's interesting you, you bring that up, that comparison of Breaking Bad, because I think one of the things I learned from Breaking Bad, and I learned from you, is to listen to the show and to not there's there's a version of this where we start off and we have the specific idea, okay, by the end of season one, we're going to have the office. And we we could have forced the show to do that. There's, another, there's an alternative universe where we said, well, this is our plan for the season. And we put up a bunch of cards and say, okay, now in episode seven, that means he's going to call himself Saul. And we do, we do that sometimes. Sometimes we put up markers. Uh, but what I'm proud of is that we don't, usually do those things uh we spend a lot of time at the beginning of each season talking about what we think the season should be and some of that leaks into the actual show but a lot of it i have to say i think a lot of it is just uh to ally our own anxiety about not knowing what's going to happen next because the real work always comes uh, there are two phrases that, oh, that, that denote the real work to me. One is brick by brick, which basically is, is, is Vince's phrase, and we, we all adopted in the, uh, in the writer's room, which is, means what happens next now? What, is, what, is the, what, is, what happens next now? And the other question that always means, uh, well, the other question is really where's his, his or her head at? Mm-hmm. Which, and I think that's ultimately the hardest thing is to truly understand these characters. Uh, and because they get more, it's like they get more complex in front of us, uh, and and it's not so much understanding them by looking at things that we haven't seen on the show. It's looking at the show that we've things that we've already done and trying to understand them as best we can. And it's that's it's uh, it's I mean it's fascinating. It's fascinating work, but it's very frustrating because you would think that you know we've been doing this. Uh, between the two shows, 10 years. And I always think, okay, this time, maybe it'll be... We thought this was Saul, Better Call Saul. Yeah. This will be easier. This will be easier. You know, Saul we know Good- where it's going. Saul Goodman, yeah. Saul, he's, a, he's a lighthearted character. We can just... We'll have Bob. We can do some comedy if we run out of, run out of stuff to we'll do. We'll have the Hawaii episode. Yeah, exactly. Like the Brady I'm waiting for that Hawaii episode. He'll, you know, he'll, he'll strap on the water skis. And, he, and, and, and we were just wrong. We were just... Yeah. We were absolutely wrong. And it's, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's, uh, I'm not saying... Saying, uh, I don't think that there's. I think there are two completely different shows, at least in my mind. But uh, it doesn't get any easier. No, and I, I'm surprised too how unfunny the show. <laughs> That's, there's a better way to word that. That's <laughs> yes. how, how we'll let you try that one again. <laughs> yeah, let me try that again. How dramatic the show is. Uh, it's less funny uh, on purpose uh, than than we we thought. I thought I, the way I would pitch it, the way we would pitch it, and that was. Uh, it's it's sort of like the flip of Breaking Bad. Breaking mm-hmm. Bad is like twenty five percent comedy, seventy five percent dramatic. This will be seventy five percent comedy, twenty five percent dramatic. I don't I don't want to get out the slide rule here, but I think we're we're way <laughs> with Better Call Saul. We're way uh, we're closer to Breaking Bad uh, ratios there. I think at this that's, point that's true. One of the the things about this show though is that Jimmy is his own comic relief, which yeah, is which is, so. which is a very strange. 
it's a strange and wonderful thing. Yeah, and I think a lot of that has to do with Bob's performance and what he oh, brings yeah. to it, and the you know, and the circumstances that you put him in. What do you think that is ultimately going to turn him into Saul Goodman? Is it what happens to him, his relationship with Chuck, his relationship with Kim? What are the circumstances that you're going to throw him in that's going to set him down that path? Well, we know the answer to that, but we can't really talk about it. <laughs> we, you, you know what? But I can ask. You know what, Deborah? It's, it's interesting because until probably pretty far into season three. I would. The, my answer would be very different. It would have been. I, we don't know. We, we're 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 searching. I. It's that we're scared because we don't really know what turns this guy into into Saul Goodman. And in fact, I would have said at that point that uh, that Jimmy seems further from being Saul than ever. Having said that, now that we've you know that we've we've finished season three, I think it's 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 going to be uh, by the end of season three, uh, it'll be clear. Um, some some of it will be much clearer. It's much clearer to us. And and I, and, yeah. I, and and having said that, I'll go back to what Vince said before that this is there's a lot of comedy in this show, but boy, there's a lot of drama and and, and it is tragic. And it, it's it's there are, there are moments uh, this season, uh, especially in the second half, that I find personally very disturbing and yeah. uncomfortable to watch. Uh, and there are also moments that are very, very funny. But it's it's a uh, it's it's uh, yeah. all I can say is that we're not we're, we're not scared of making big moves. For, and hopefully they work. Yeah, I trust in you guys. Talk about bringing in more Breaking Bad elements this season. You've definitely it's been a rogues gallery of everyone that's shown up yeah. um, from Lydia to Huel how much fun are you have and of course Gus Fring mm-hmm. um, how much fun are you having introducing these characters and the way that you've integrated them it's always fun it was it was I I, I would say I'm, I'm proud of us that we had enough self-discipline to to forestall some of these introductions for as long as we did that, that, that the very fact we waited uh, until uh, season three to, uh, to to see Gus Fring that was you know, part of you, part of you, you know, the little kid in you that, that wants to open up all your Christmas presents the night before. That that part of you wants to. <laughs> oh, let's get them in there. Let's get everybody in there. Yeah, let's get Walter White in, 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 in episode two, and let's uh, let's get Gus Fring in. And we, you know, it it, it took a bit of uh, self discipline, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. But but now that we've we we're rewarding ourselves for our self discipline now now thirty episodes in, you know, well starting at beginning of season three like 21 22 episodes in yeah it's uh you get to get to do some, pull some of those uh pull some of those moves and uh yeah the wonderful thing in the in the, in the writer's room is that when we realize we've earned it and you know, i i remember especially the uh the moment when uh, we realized that we could bring huel back and it was it was that we we needed Jimmy needed a pickpocket, and then it was yeah. and then there was this light bulb that went over off over the over the writers room table, and we we were so excited to bring Huel back for that. Uh, and it's just and it's it's it is it is thrilling, and it's also because we love these actors, uh, and it's it's a little bit sometimes Albuquerque is a little bit like the world's greatest class reunion. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fun. You know what else is fun? It's fun to reason now that you say Albuquerque. It's fun to revisit sets and locations. Sure. I, I should say locations that uh, stuff that you know, uh, houses and buildings and, and vacant lots and whatnot. It's fun to, to 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 see some of these places. They almost feel like old friends too to us. They almost feel like characters in and of themselves. It's fun to go back to certain places. 
How do you strike that right balance, though, while serving the Breaking Bad fans and planting these Easter eggs while still being true to the story you want to tell with Better Call Saul? Me, personally, I and I love the Breaking Bad fans, but I don't think we're here to service... I don't know. I mean, we haven't really talked about this. It's not, that, not this way. I, I don't think it's our job in this show to service them, per se. I think if, as a cherry on top, if we can... If we can uh, if we can uh, make them happy, if we can delight them, wonderful. Uh, that's all to the good. But first and foremost, our job is to tell the story of, of Jimmy McGill and, and and where the Breaking Bad world overlaps with Jimmy's world on the Venn diagram. That, that's great. That's the fun area to, to play around in. But it's first and foremost. Uh, in other words, I guess uh, I love, I love uh, making the Breaking Bad folks happy. But I figured they'd be happy regardless, even without bringing some of this other uh, Breaking Bad world in. If they're if they're enjoying what they're seeing, if they're engaged by what they're seeing with with uh, with Jimmy's Jimmy's life. But um, you know, a lot of people have not seen more and more. I realize every day, anecdotally, a lot of people who are break or Better Call Saul fans have not seen Breaking Bad, and. I love that, and I love it when people who have seen Breaking Bad say to me, "I like this show even better." That 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 delights me. I didn't necessarily think it. I I didn't know that I would ever hear that, and if I'd thought about it, I don't know that I would have thought, "Oh, that's going to make me happy." It does, though. It makes me, it delights me. I love hearing that. But the show what, absolutely stands on its own. But well, it, I think so too, and that's and that's I guess what I was trying to say. It, it really needs to stand on its own, yeah. otherwise, otherwise, what's the point of the whole endeavor? It's tr- it's it's true, and it, I think the pleasures of Better Call Saul are different from the pleasures of Breaking Bad. It's just it just it's it it just feels different. There, you get different joys out of out of the scene. I don't think there are things that we do on on Better Call Saul, like like for instance, the, the courtroom episode that you saw in episode five of this season I, I don't we never did anything like that on breaking bad i don't think we ever i don't think we ever contemplated anything well actually we did have a pitch where uh, walt was oh. on jury duty oh. jury duty walt <laughs> god would have loved to have seen that i, I still want to see <laughs> that so I, me too maybe I, maybe I shouldn't have said that uh, we did have that uh, but you, all, all the long-winded way to say, I think that we we try to be organic. I think that's the the truth of it. And I think that's the hopefully that's that's what we manage to do. Uh, sometimes you know you can't help but have want to have some showmanship. I would say that the two words that sometimes are at war with each other are organic and showmanship. And if we can do, if we can keep both those things on in, in our world, then I think we're doing a great job. Uh, but the, the truth is, I think we have to earn our pleasures. I think that if, you know we could, you know, we could easily uh, throw in a bunch of cameos. We could have a lot of recognizable Breaking Bad actors. Uh, anybody who passes through Albuquerque, we could put in the background of a scene. But I can't help feeling that that would be. Um, that wouldn't be compl- really as fulfilling, you know. It would be it would be just a cameo. And what we what we really want to do, and what I'd love to do, is is when, when we get these characters in that they have a function, that there's a purpose, yeah. and the fact that uh, that they were on Breaking Bad is just an added an added pleasure. It's it's a little bit it's a little bit of uh, a little bit of sugar on the uh, in the oatmeal, a little bit of brown sugar in the oatmeal. But having said that. Um, Boy, we have uh, this. You know, we we did we did we managed to get quite a few, especially yeah. this episode uh, three hundred six seems to have yeah. seems to have a lot a lot of Breaking Bad echoes in it to me. 
I love that. Will we see more before season's end? I think so, right? I'm trying to remember. More Breaking Bad Echoes? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Excellent. You will see more Breaking Bad Echoes. Uh, I don't want to be specific on what they might, what they might be. Okay. That's all I'll ask. <laughs> you started Saul with two core characters, Jimmy and Mike, but they kind of have existed on parallel tracks. Yeah. Um, though it was wonderful to see them play together, as much as their relationships with each other and their feelings about each other are very different. How do you balance those two? How do you get them to play each other and have them bounce off each other when you can? Excellent question. And it's and it's you know it's it's like it's like you've got this great chocolate bar in one hand and you get this great container of peanut butter in the other. And I yet, love that and analogy. Yet, and, yet, and yet you refuse to slam them into each other. <laughs> And combine the two. I just like it's like it's. Why a, are you doing that to me? Yeah, no, I, just I, put the chocolate put, and the peanut butter. Put the butter. chocolate and the peanut it's butter. Delicious for God's when they're sake. together. It is. No, I, I agree completely. I'm being goofy, and yet, and yet, it's a it's actually a decent analogy because we love the chocolate and the peanut butter together just as much as the viewers do. It's hard. It, this is what Peter was talking about a minute ago. When you are trying to tell your story organically. In other words, when you're when you're not forcing characters to do things that they normally wouldn't do just to satisfy, you know, to give some delight, you know. In other words, in this case, to see these two together, these two just don't go together uh, more often than not. Every chance we get, like at the beginning of the season, seeing them working together a little bit, seeing Jimmy help Mike out because Mike had no other recourse. He had no one else to call. Those are delightful moments for us. They're delightful to write, to to ponder, and then to write, and then to direct and and watch happen, you know. But they're few and far between, if we're being honest in our storytelling, because these two, because Mike does not care for Jimmy McGill. He's probably going to care for Saul Goodman even less, you know. (laughs) Absolutely. But he doesn't care for the guy. Uh, this is one of those uh, one-way relationships where the one guy likes or at least is intrigued by the other guy a little more than, than is reciprocated. Uh, but And then we were worried about, uh, you know, uh, this bifurcation of the story, these, these two great characters uh, existing in, on parallel tracks. Uh, but we also had those worries. Remember on Breaking Bad, there was a whole season where Walt and Jesse barely spent any time together, and I was... Just biting my uh, biting my nails down to the nub the whole season, thinking people are going to hate this. This is not mm-hmm. what they think they've signed on for. And but you got to you got to go where the story takes you. If you if you're not courageously going forward, uh, it's not a word that would apply to us necessarily, <laughs> but it sounds good, <laughs> right? But if you're not, if courage, you're not honest, you know what? Courage is the wrong word. Honesty. Sure. If you're if you're not honestly going where the story takes mm-hmm. you. Then you're you just you gotta have you gotta you gotta nut up a little you gotta go where the story takes you you know let the chips fall where they may. Having said that, I don't know we might be seeing in the future these guys together a little more. I would think, right? More yeah. chocolate and peanut butter, please. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, can I, I place an order? You can place an order, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> the other relationship I'm obsessed with, of course, is Jimmy and Kim. Yeah. I'm a little bit worried she didn't seem that fa- much a fan of his commercial endeavors, but. You know, there does seem to be a deep love there. Can we? Is there hope for that relationship in the future? Can this relationship be saved? Boy, I hope so. It's it's uh, <laughs> it's pretty important to to both of them. Uh, maybe even more important to him. He he really. I think this is something. Again, you know, we're talking about how the show developed. I don't think we had any idea how important Kim was going to be. None. And, and you remember in the pilot, she had what is it like? Five words. Yeah. Um, you know, I can't. I mean, it was very very. Uh, 
and and the the truth is, as the show's gone on, we've realized that that yeah, Kim, sexy scene though. That's true. That that's, that made up for a lack of words. That's yeah. true. Whether that's he, true. he takes her cigarette. That's yeah. true. That's that's uh, yes. That's it's our version. It's our version of a sexy scene. Yeah. Uh, the uh, but the, the 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 truth is, I think as we've gone on, we realize that Kim is the love of Jimmy's life, and yet it's very hard to picture how Kim is with him when he's Saul Goodman. Having said that, we were talking to Bob the other day, and uh, we were talking about a version where, you know, maybe when Saul, when we saw him on Breaking Bad, Saul Goodman, we never saw what happened to him outside the office. Maybe he, uh, maybe he, he, you know, he drove, he drove the Cadillac up to, up to Santa Fe, uh, took off the crazy suit, put on, what is it, a black turtleneck? I, I picture a black turtleneck, to put, putting on Steve, Steve, jo- Steve Jobs attire. Yeah. <laughs> and Kim's home waiting for him. Yeah, yeah. And then he, then he, you know, then he, Martini and then he puts he puts a uh, you know he puts some Miles Davis on his on his on his turntable with a tube amp and then he, you know he cooks her a vegan a vegan meal. I like it. Uh, so I mean it could it could be it could be that he's got two identities. Uh, could be that's. that's um, it seems like it could be. Let's, we're gonna we're gonna keep we're gonna I keep a little hope. I suspect the fact that means we're not headed that oh, way. Shit. <laughs> oh shit! We can we can cut this out, right? Yes, absolutely. Well, you know that would be the big surprise is if we just now we we just go ahead and say exact do exactly what we say. Right that, here, that can that be is, the most surprising thing. Yes, because yes, yeah. I, I have this belief that you guys just twist us and surprise us, and so this idea that you know that there's a Kim in the future would be the big surprise. That would be a surprise. Well, yeah. Oh no! I was just something. I was going to talk about something that again, something I learned from Breaking Bad is that sometimes, sometimes I was going to say something. No, you you go for it. Well, sometimes, sometimes you want you want to play with all your cards open to the audience, and then it's you know the example I always think of is. the uh, Waltz machine gun rig right. at the at the in the very last episode. There's a version of this, uh, and we we sometimes we'll, we'll hear this in the writers room. We want to hide this something from the audience. Let's hide this from the audience. And I'm I'm always interested when I hear the, that phrase. But I also wonder, you know, what's it like not to hide anything from the audience? Yeah. Sometimes. And then there's that there's that uh, Billy Wilder quote that we talk about. If you give the give the audience. Two and two, and let them make four, and they'll love you forever. Yeah, I love uh, that quote. And so that's that's sort of a, it you know that we have these two warring instincts as storytellers. In one way, you one way you want to surprise people, but you want those surprises to be earned. You want to feel like they're the surprise is inevitable. And yeah. uh, so that's my reasoning why we're going to have the turtleneck stuff. Yeah, sometimes the best surprise is no surprise. Absolutely. Sometimes it's more. Uh, it's more. Uh, what's the word? <laughs> Run out of words here suddenly. It's it's just more satisfying mm-hmm. to, uh, to 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 see certain things coming. Well, in a way, you did that. I mean, I know you didn't want the reveal of Gus Fring getting out, but some clever fans figured it out from the titles. But once yeah. it was out there, <laughs> our, our genius cipher, our Enigma code level cipher. Yeah. But I love the way you played it out in the directing of that episode. Just sort of teasing it out and teasing it out that the camera angles were just sort of fantastic. Oh, good. It was, was just sort of a fun reveal. It was so much fun. It was so much fun having Giancarlo Esposito back. Uh, he is such a wonderful actor, obviously. Everybody knows that. But he's such a wonderful guy as well. And he's so very different than his character. And yet, uh, he, he, like Brian Cranston, uh, they are 
not what I would call method actors in the sense that they, they don't have to go around slapping themselves in the head and wandering, staggering around in circles in the parking lot and you know running in place and all that stuff. And by the way, great actors who do need to do that, so be it, whatever it takes. But those two guys, he and he and Brian both would be talking about yoga or baseball or whatever, and right up to the AD saying, "All right, roll cameras," and then instantly, boom, they're they're into their character. I don't know how they do it. It's really an impressive level of uh, craft and skill. It's amazing. I've been on the set with him, and it's amazing. He suddenly gets that cold thing behind yeah. his eyes, and you're like, you're immediately terrified of him. Yeah, yeah. And I just boom, he just turns it on and off like a like a light switch. Yeah, it's it's impressive. It's great. Um, and speaking of great performances, we have to talk about Michael McKean and what he's brought to Chuck oh, this yeah. season. Yeah, we'd be remiss not to talk about that. If boy, I tell you, if there's any justice, he's he's going to get richly rewarded for this season what what a wonderful actor he is he is incredible and you haven't even seen everything that he's going to do this season tell me about what's coming (laughs) (laughs) she she asks sweetly (laughs) oh how can i resist there's a lot i will say there's you're going to see a lot more chuck and a lot more michael mckeon and uh he goes to places that um i would have never expected and he is michael is just remarkable uh it was there were times on the set when I would feel um, almost a little scared for him, just as you were talking about being scared of uh, scared of Giancarlo uh, as, as as Gus Fring, uh, Michael as uh, as Chuck has has uh, such a gravity and uh, such. He, it's a brilliant performance. It, it just is. It's one for the ages, I think. And and I, I like like Vince. I, I I he's he's a he's a national treasure michael mckeon is and uh, i i really would love for him to get the recognition he deserves for 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 the work he's done this season because i'm i just and having sat sitting in the editing room working with working uh, on the episodes you you end up with a uh, a banquet of options from him he 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 brings it every single take every single line every single moment and you have many choices too because he doesn't do exactly the same thing twice he has he has a uh, he is he is just he is just remarkable and, and uh and i i think uh you know episode five of course is a great showcase for him where he has that that breakdown on the stand but there's there's still more to come yeah it's so true that's another example of a of a of, a, of an actor who just just Makes it look easy. Just seems to be able to turn it on like a light switch. And I and to be fair, I, I was just explaining that's how it looks to me when those guys do it. I think there's a lot more behind the scenes stuff that they're doing that I'm just not aware of. But I, I love, you know, I think we all do. We love in any uh, in any field of endeavor. We love the folks who make it look easy. We love the Tiger Woods who make it look like oh, I could I could hit a golf ball like sure. that. That's what these guys make it look. Nothing's like. That's what uh, Ray Seahorn makes it look like. Too. Nothing is more difficult than making it look easy. And you know, one, one of the things our, we have one of the hardest working, most devoted casts. I remember uh, I happened to drop by Bob's house while they were working on episode five. And of course, episode five, the courtroom episode has an enormous amount of dialogue. It's basically, it's probably more dialogue than we've ever had in an episode, at least certainly the, the most dialogue of any episode I could remember. And uh, we made an effort to, 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 to finish the script and have it early for the cast because we knew that they would want to work on it. And I remember dropping by Bob's house and there is Bob and Michael and Ray and Patrick all sitting around a table just running running the scenes and play, playing with them and uh, talking them through and it was it, it, it was it 
it just warmed my heart. It made me feel so good to know. And also, it, it, it made me feel so good, but it also, that's one of the things that I think forces us to work extra hard on these scripts because we know that these actors who are very, very smart, every bit as smart as us, maybe more so, they're going to read every single word and they're going to read it, 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 they're going to read the punctuation and extrapolate everything they possibly can get from every syllable. And just watching the, the watching that group, that incredibly, t- and Patrick, uh, by the way, is also uh, he is incredible this season. And I, I was just going to say, I was just going to say, great minds take a lie. How great is Patrick Fabian this year? Yeah, Patrick Fabian is is a marvelous actor. He does not, I don't think he gets the love maybe he deserves, uh, but he is, he is, he he really does, he deserves recognition too. But it's, it's the, um, uh, I, now I feel like we have to go through the whole cast because they are, Michael they are Mando. all great. Oh the God, Man, Michael Mando's Mando, great. oh, you've only barely started seeing Michael Mando this season. Oh, yeah, we got some, he's got oh, some oh, good yeah. stuff oh, yeah. coming up. Oh, yeah. Patrick's got some good stuff coming up. Uh, of course, you know. You can Bob, share John, details. John, so, you know, we're just among friends here. <laughs> Banks, John John Banks. obviously Jonathan Banks and Bob. It's almost like I don't even think to mention them just because they they're so obviously wonderful. But and Ray, obviously, and we Ray, Ray Seahorn's story, I think, it takes takes a turn that I don't think folks are going to be expecting. So yeah, oh boy, we could keep going. Blanket caveat: the cast is fantastic. Yes, there and we go. Your acceptance speech is covered. There we and, go. And, I will stand as witness. And back to well, we could you know back to your early question about. You you know, are we going to see more Breaking Bad? I mean, it, or rather, the question about uh, are we trying to service the Breaking Bad fans? As I said, we're not. That's not our first thought, but they will get serviced nonetheless more and more as the season progresses. I would say. To that point, it does seem like you're having fun, sort of tweaking the fans with sort of this acknowledgement that you know someone may have a stroke in the future, and we're going to acknowledge that, and with little teases of maybe there's a pill that gets picked up, maybe. How much fun are you having fun playing with that idea? It's, it's knowing what we know about what's to come in the future. It is fun. It's fun for us. I think it's fun for the audience. Uh, and we we picture ourselves. We we always describe ourselves as the first fans of these characters, and so we we approach it as fans, and we approach it as we have a responsibility to to, to do it to do it right, do it justice, and and that's a you know that may or may not be an example of what Peter was saying, uh, where you don't you don't hide. You don't unnecessarily hide things from the audience. You let them put two. You, you let them add two and two together. You know, and if some people see what I don't think people are going to see exactly what's coming with with any of these plot lines. By the way, but if they if they if they are well in the ballpark with some of these, uh, uh, with the realizations they're having about what may or may not be in store, more power to them. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I, that's. Sheer surprise is not the only goal. Uh, satisfaction, satisfying uh, conclusions to certain storylines, uh, are is is a is a more fundamental goal. I would I would think. Yeah. Talk about. I have so many questions, and I don't want to end this podcast on a reasonable time frame. But um, talk about Chuck and Jimmy's relationship. It, you know, it's such a deep sibling rivalry relationship, which you kind of got into in the courtroom scene. Is it more than just sibling rivalry? Is it just about Chuck's sort of obsession with the law? What are the, sort of the motivations behind what's going on between these two brothers? It's all of the above. How would you? How would you? There's so many. God, we could do a whole podcast just about these two. I know. Oh, God, yeah. they, they need some serious therapy. Yeah, they do. I mean, I don't know if therapy. I don't know if therapy would do the trick for those two. It's uh, there is. You know, when we say the show is tragic. To me, that might be the the biggest tragedy of these two brothers. Uh, who and I, I don't. I know people hate Chuck. 
And I know I know people do hate hate Chuck, but I, I think do you that, hate Chuck? No, I don't. I, I don't. I don't hate Chuck at all. And in fact, I mean, part of part of our job as writers and creators is not to hate the characters. Uh, is we have to understand them well enough. To, to think about what they're going to do next. So we have to be able to put ourselves into their heads. That The audience doesn't have necessarily have that responsibility. But I, I have a feeling um, as this season progresses, maybe maybe folks will see another side to Chuck. Uh, but they, there is, it is, it is to me, it is, it is a, it's a terrible tragedy because Chuck isn't necessarily wrong. You know, he, he truly believes that Jimmy McGill should not be a lawyer. And any of us... You know, who's, who have an idea of where this story is going? We might we might agree with him when we when we look at the big picture. Oh yeah, and he yeah, there's sibling rivalry there, um, it, but it kind of goes one way. It does. It's, it's sad that it only really goes the one way. The rivalry. Uh, Jimmy seems to adore Chuck. He, he does. He, he, I mean, he used to anyway. That 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 adoration is being sorely tested these days. But he admires yeah. Chuck, and yeah. you know, just like just just like I think Chuck. You know, we always say that that. Uh, Chuck made their mother proud, and Jimmy made their mother laugh. And, and uh, that's, I think that I think that's that's uh, that's I think that I think that's that's got a kernel of truth to it. But also, if you have an older brother who is such an incredible high achiever, you really can't compete with him on his own ground. You know, it's it's uh, so I think Jimmy. Maybe that's part of the reason Jimmy became slipping Jimmy to begin with. Is just that he he knew that he was never. Going to even come close to equaling uh, Chuck's Chuck's achievements, but on the other hand, Chuck Chuck just could see that Jimmy, you know, Jimmy lit up the family when he walked in. It's, it's the it's it's the uh, even his it's ex-wife. The, it's the story, yeah. the prodigal, yeah. prodigal, the prodigal. You know, and it's it's yeah. always a little it's a little bit it's unfair to the other brother, uh, as far as I can remember. The it prodigal. is. It's very much like the prodigal son story in the Bible. It is. It is. I mean, he's just. Uh, it, it, and it's and what I, I like that that thought you just said the continuation of that thought being you know the older brother makes him, makes mom proud the younger brother makes mom laugh and and laughter <laughs> laughter seems to be the better of the two it just yeah uh, the, the, the yeah the I, it it uh, it just uh, it's it's just very very sad it's just a very sad uh, relationship it thing. is yeah. and it's it seems to be uh, you know the middle the middle of season three. It seems to have hit uh, hit a wall, and you know Jimmy. The question, and even in episode six, which which you've seen already, uh, these two brothers have a very different reaction to to what happens in episode five. What happens when uh, when Jimmy really pulls out all the stops to destroy his brother uh, in order to stay a lawyer? Uh, Jimmy Jimmy goes in one direction, and Chuck goes in another, and. Uh, uh, I, I I don't know. I I, I think it's uh, it is it is heartbreaking to be honest with you. Vince, I know you directed the first two. Peter, you directed the finale. Talk about how you approached directing this show. I mean, it feels like you've brought a fresh approach to filmmaking. When other shows go one way, you guys go another way. I've been on set watching what the directors do. If there's a sh- an angle that you think is impossible, you guys will figure it out. I literally <laughs> watched someone shoot through underneath a glass table. <laughs> just, just, it's amazing. How much, you know, what's the challenge that you guys set for yourselves? It's, it's. The challenge is, you know what? Uh, it's funny. I, I love those fun shots. I love them. Obviously, I do because I try to get them in there. And maybe, maybe I break a rule I'm about to mention here. But I, I think one of the challenges for me is to not 
let the the fancy schmancy stuff get in the way of the storytelling. Uh, do in other words, do those kind of shots, sure, but when they help to further the story, when they feel organic, there's a word again. And I don't, people could argue watching, you know, wow, that one, that one pulled me out of the pulled me out of the movie because it's, it's so out of the box or so different or so just plain weird. That one kind of knocked me out of the story, but. It's never an intention to to do anything but enrich the story and 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 as far as just the basic rhythms of the show and the basic feel of it, you know how wide a shot is, how much of a geography are we seeing versus versus uh, not. So much of those decisions, aside from trying to you know approach the storytelling organically and 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 you know tell the story uh, effectively the story at hand effectively a lot of what i think of when i'm directing is how how would everybody else do that? and and there is no one way everybody else would do it but what's what's the top of the bell curve in terms of 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 what you know most directors would would go to at this point you know uh, most editors in the editing room would go to because a lot of it's really about not even about the shot making but about what you hold on and how long you hold on it in the editing room and I think a lot of what we do, going back to Breaking Bad and now with Better Call Saul, is just to look around, see what everybody else is doing, and then try to go a different way. So, for instance, uh, with Breaking Bad, you know, at that time a lot of TV was just honking tight close-ups, cutting into the forehead, and and that was just a, a TV staple. And and in and, and a fair number of shows still is. And so we said to ourselves, well, if everybody else is doing that, let's just go wide. Let's let's. And then we started thinking more and more about our favorite directors like John Ford and Akira Kurosawa and uh, folks who who would who would let something go really wide and let a shot last, let it go for a while, and and almost a sort of tableau and and tell the whole story. With a with a with a minimum number of cuts uh, versus uh, you know a crazy boom 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 cutting pattern. What, what would you add to that as far as directing? Oh, when, what are you thinking of? You know, I, I it's, it's uh, it directing. This was an interesting season. The season finale was very interesting for me because I didn't write it. It was uh, Jenny Hutchison wrote it, and she she did a she did a hell of a job. And it was very. It was the first thing. I think it might be the first thing I ever directed, really, that I that I hadn't written, and so that that just that created it created uh, a different feel for it. I, I, you know, I'll, I I think everything that Vince says is exactly right. We you know we have, but it's also we have this wonderful opportunity. I mean, it's 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 a it's such a special opportunity because we can this cast and this crew can do pretty much anything yeah. that you ask of them. Uh, you know, we can any really any shot that I could devise or Vince could devise. Any you know, if we decided we want to do a whole act in a oneer, as you guys did on X Files, this group is absolutely capable of it. So, it in one sense, the directing I did before Breaking Bad, it was always how do I fit my ideas into this little tiny box of what what is possible in twelve days on 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 a hundred thousand dollars or whatever it was. But with this particular group, they really can do anything. And there were, you know, in, in, in episode ten, there were a couple of shots. There's a, there's a couple of shots that I, I thought, well, I have no idea how you would accomplish that. And I would pitch what I thought the way it should be on screen. And we, I, you know, again, you know, we have Marshall Adams as our new DP, um, and and he 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 is is very much uh, wants to make. 
make make it happen for if he, if there's something unusual or interesting he wants to make it happen there are other dps who sometimes um never on these two shows but there are other dps who sometimes well you know that's a little difficult let's what if the, here's a here's a way here's a way that we can just avoid the whole the whole issue and marshall never tries to avoid the issue uh even though it sometimes it causes him to uh it causes him to pull out a little bit of hair i suspect <laughs> um so it's you know it's directing is it's it's exactly what what vince said it's about trying to tell the story in the best way uh, the most empathetic, empathetic way to the characters, uh, if that's if that's if that's the goal, and um, this I, I, this episode ten was a very tricky one for me because I it has a lot of very strong emotions. There's there's uh, t- p- folks on our shows, especially on Better Call Saul, don't tend to say what they really think or express themselves directly. And in episode ten, the way Jenny wrote it, there were some very uh, raw moments where the characters uh, sometimes they were talking around what they really meant, but there were there were some very raw emotional moments, and that was uh, that was tough for me, and that was one of the things that was great about having another writer there on the set, as Jenny was for a lot of the uh, a lot of the episode, because she could. I, I, I'm my my fear, my horror is of melodrama and of and of and of, of, of and sometimes we'll, I'll say special pleading for the characters, uh, where you're just kind of slanting everything to try to make you like the character. I, I like I like I like to feel when I'm watching something that I'm getting to make my own judgments about the characters, uh, rather than having them forced upon me by the music and the visual storytelling. And so this was this was a um, this was a, this was an episode that was it was really chal- I, I would say this probably stretched me more than anything else I've ever directed. And uh, uh, hopefully, hopefully it's it's uh, it's it's a different it's a different kind of episode. And I, th- I think it works great. But uh, ultimately, it'll be for the audience to judge. Fans are gonna poop loudly and copiously. I love it. I, I, seriously, episode ten is awesome. I can't wait for people to see it. I, I always say that I can't wait for people to see it, and yet I'm, I'll be sad when they, because in the sense that I was these, I get this from my family so often. They're like ten episodes. Why only ten episodes? They go so fast, and they do. And I'm always happy. I'm like dying for people to see this work we've been working yeah. on for for the better for over a year actually. Yeah. But but then it's just over so quick. It takes but, us. Yeah. I mean, we're so lucky because we get we get. So much time, relatively oh, yeah. speaking, to do ten episodes. Oh, it's, it's true. Just, it's it's uh, at this point, I don't know how else we would do it, but it's it does it take us and and we I feel bad because I would we'd love to have them come more quickly. It's just we don't know how to do it. We'd love to do hell. We'd love to do twenty thirty episodes. If we, we would could, take them. Well, and and we'd love to do them if we yeah, we love money. We yeah. love money as much as the next two guys. But but it's just yeah. uh, if it, the, the big caveat would be we'd love to do it if we could if we could keep the quality sure. to the same level we just we haven't figured out a way it's just uh, we just we, we haven't figured that out I don't know that we ever will so one last question then I'll let you go does the finale set up I know you haven't officially been picked up but does the finale set up a fourth season uh, let's put it this way the uh, the story is definitely not finished and uh, I I would be personally very frustrated if. Uh, if episode three ten was the last one that we ever did, that'd be a bummer. Uh, that'd, be, that'd be a real bummer. Yeah. But having said that, uh, I have every hope that we will we will be back. As do I. Me I'm calling Charlie Collier right now. Right. Hey, Charlie. 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 Charlie's a great. We he love is. Charlie. We love Charlie. He is wonderful. He's the best. All right. Thank you guys. A pleasure as always, and congratulations on yet another fantastic season. Thank you. Thank Deborah. you. 
Thanks for listening to today's show. We'll be back next time with another great episode. We'll be talking about Game of Thrones with Jamie Lannister himself, Nikolai Koster-Waldau. See you next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.